There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've ever used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2017, more than 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 51% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and use ride-sharing services too. Yo, cops are on the lookout and writing tickets, so why take the risk? In 2017 alone, seatbelts saved nearly 15,000 lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Okay, with Jay-Z becoming the first hip-hop billionaire. Mm. Okay, my question to you is, who do you think will be the first Latino billionaire from the music industry? Mike. Oof. Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull, yo. Wow. Yes, I mean, he has a production company, um, obviously his music, all the stuff there. So I'm going to predict in 2024, he's going to become a billionaire. That he'll be a pit billionaire. Wow. There we go. No, Jamie, no. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Frank. I think it's going to be Ricky Martin because I think they're going to do like a menudo like remake. And I think he's going to blow it up with that. And well, that's going to make him a billionaire. What are you, his yeah. manager? You're like trying to be his manager yeah. now? Yo, I nah, they, a percentage of it's, it's, it's coming one day, you know, the menudo. <laughs> For people that don't know, that was like the, the it group, uh, Latino group back in the 80s, okay. early yeah. 80s. Yeah, sube de mi moto, Frank. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to state the obvious. J-Lo. Oh, True. no. Doubt. Come on, guys. From the block. What are you, crazy? <laughs> Next. Okay. That was that was quick. Um, look, I'm going to say, I'm going to shout out somebody who... Um, we've advertised here. Mark Anthony. Whoa. Okay. I think he's going to be a billionaire. We're helping him, and we're helping him promote his new album. I'm not just doing it just because we do that, but Opus is in stores now. (laughs) (laughs) Check it out. That was so organic. The Latinos Out Loud Podcast. 
yo, 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 you, yeah, you, yo, me, yeah, yo, hi, was that okay? Acceptable? Little, yeah, it was a little too a, loud. Outside, yeah. Well, this is Latinos Out Loud. This is episode 103. We're going to be loud. So yeah. if you don't want that, then maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Yeah, Mike, maybe it's not the podcast for you. Oh. Rachel, how do you feel about now just like saying the whole number now, not seasons? Is it easier now? I love is it. it. Off your tongue I easier? love it. 103, 102, 101. I can't wait for 104. Mm. Uh, it's just great. What do you guys think? I, I'm really looking forward to 108 for some reason. Oh. Oh, I'm down for 111. 111. Oh, that's a lucky number. You gotta make a wish. Well, hi, I'm Rachel La Loca. <laughs> well, hi, I'm Juan Bagel. Well, hey, I'm Jay Fair. What is this? <laughs> well, shiver me timber, this Frank Lids. Wow. Very impressed. A lot of pressure. Yeah. You're, always the fourth, you're always the fourth person, and I know sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable, but you did it really good. And he always starts he always starts a new catchphrase. Now yeah. people are gonna be saying shiver me timbers. Shiver yeah. me timbers. You're bringing it back. <laughs> you bringing that back from like fucking Shakespeare. I think it's Rachel, from the 1950s. It's like old school Rachel, throwback. Let's get straight to it. What are we gonna get I straight to? I feel like you are very excited because you could finally share the news oh. that you've been Flirting wow. and teasing. How do you spell release? <laughs> this is something that you've been. Your culito's been mad tight. The one that go that little baby. I'm not comfortable with you making these culito yeah, references yeah, as really, easy as you do oh, on this podcast. Yeah. I just want to let that be known. Is that I'm cool? I'm comfortable with my culito. So yeah, but you're talking about my culito, my husband's culito. Leave <laughs> culito. Who's culitos next? Everybody's culitos. Apollo's culito. Ew. No, chill. Tivy loves that's like her favorite one, Tivy. That's your go-to one. Ass milk? Ugh. Oh man. Please. Oh, man. Anyway, without using the culito reference, can you redo this? Okay. All I right. know you've been dying to share this news. Yes. And I think now I, Tibby, do you have a sound effect, like a drum roll sound effect in something, there? Something, something. Is there anything you And can... please, not the Jamaican air horn for the five hundredth time. <laughs> I love it. It never gets old, but give me something fresh. <laughs> Take your time, Tibby. Too much pressure, Tibby. Just take your time. We missed you last week, Tibby. Yeah, yeah Tibby. Big time. You got a lot of making up to do, Tibby. <laughs> you want to go do some wrestling <laughs> shit in Vegas? Right, just go, yeah. go with your best. Go with the, the, the next best Follow your passions thing. and shit. You're going to pay for it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's like the opposite of what we need. That was very, yeah. that was very passive go, aggressive of you, bro. Let's just go with that one. Yeah. That was Tibby's message to my, <laughs> my mouth. Mm-hmm. I got it, Tibby. Message uh-huh. received and respected it was at this moment that he knew he fucked up <laughs> well look we may not need the sound effect unless you want to take two more minutes to find one i'll wait I, I mean i waited this long i could wait another two more minutes it's all good <laughs> this is big we have not been able to talk about this like we've been talking in like morse code right you've and had I- close calls too Oh, We've been like very slipping. like whispering a lot, yeah. And people are like, "What are you guys whispering about?" We haven't been able to like fully really be audible, say it. yeah, be like real open about it until today at one p.m. I remember, <laughs> and that's when the cat was let out of the bag, as the white people say. Aye. And we room twenty eight, which Michael is a co-founder of, yeah, as well as oh, Jamie. you using my government name? Yeah. <laughs> you don't mess up, girl. Michael, Michael Diaz co-founded it. Yep. Michael Alexander Diaz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> no, I'm making up his middle name. I don't know. I don't even know if he has one. Um, Miguel Angel, I think, is uh, what no. your fictitious no. middle name is. No, Rachel Ann. 
Oh. Oh, we're bringing that back. Anyway, <laughs> it's not about us right now. Well, it's about us, not you. Uh, Jamie Fernandez and I are part of Sketch Comedy Troupe Room 28, which, as I just mentioned, Michael Diaz co-founded. And we told you we were out in L.A. doing something special, but now we could tell you what that something special is. Mm-hmm. The group, Room 28, is one of 40 contestants competing in NBC's Bring the Funny, a competition wow. show set to air on Tuesday, July 9th. Did I say NBC? Mm, yes. I'm just going to say it one more time. On NBC. Mm, prime time. NBC prime time, Room 28, us, will be on that show. Yes. And from the, this is their slogan, the judges are hilarious and the competition is no joke. Wow. Mm, that sounds like something you wrote. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, are you sure? It does sound like my copy, but it's 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 from the NBC. Uh, people how, NBC. how does it feel? I mean, I feel like I'm interviewing you guys now. Go ahead. How does it, how, I love a good Q&A. You know that. How does it feel now that you can be open about it and you can tell people? For me, um, I am much more excited about seeing the show. You know, like people are going to find out and eventually see us. But right now, I'm like, this is real. Like what we did is in the can. We shot something for national television, and now it's out there in the open via what is a beautiful press release that has a picture where I look so fly. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. A lot of pressure now. Oh, thank God they used that picture of us in our costumes <laughs> yeah. for wow. the sketch. Spoiler Jamie. alert. Yeah, it does give away that there are three clear celebrity impressions. Yeah. So Google Bring the Funny. Yeah. Um, also search the hashtag Bring the Funny. Jamie, as writer, head writer of Room 28, how do you feel? It's mm. great. It's great. It was a great experience. Um, and even as we go forward with uh, when the show finally airs and when we can even talk more about the behind the scenes, yeah. like oh, there's yeah. so much juicy. like wow. juicy stuff. Juicy I got some good stuff. We were there for like two weeks, mm. so you know, Ooh. I mean, and there you know, was a pool. We, sp- <laughs> we spilling some tea. Oh, <laughs> I feel like you're gonna have our own separate podcast. <laughs> Bring the funny, yeah. LOL insider. Uh, but it was, it was, it was awesome. And um, yo, NBC, you know what I'm saying? It's yo, no joke. By wow. the way, shout outs. We have two guests. They were, were on the podcast. On the show. They're also on the show. Shout yes. out to Ian Lara and Orlando Leiba, who we saw out there in Hollywood. Mm. And you know, the one thing about Latinos is we just we find each other. We're like, come here, give like, me a yeah. hug. And that felt so good. We were like, yo, there. I mean, we hope we hope, you know, we were like, we hope we all stay in and the other people get, you know, drop <laughs> out and shit. <laughs> Let's all win together, but then, you know, then it, yeah, I don't think that, you know how Hollywood is. Let's figure out which Latinos you want to keep on, you know? I... But, uh, but no, it was great, and I can't wait to, uh, to see us in HD. I mean, wow. look, a lot of Dominicans representing. So I personally want to just shout out all the talent from Bring the Funny. We were one of 40 internationally selected. Around the world, yo. This okay. is global comedy. Wow. And we were cast. And, and I don't want to, like, overemphasize, but I think just having been selected for the show with this, like, worldwide casting that they did is is very much a gold and medal. And it wasn't all sketch. Like we said, the stand-ups, there were a guy, a guy with a puppet. Mm. You know, there were singers and variety so. people. Oh, and all this stuff. So um, it's a lot of, there's a lot, even podcasters, I think, were there. 
they weren't. No, but there was a, po- a girl who was who has oh. a podcast that did voices. So oh anyway. right. Oh, but uh-huh. her podcast wasn't competing because yeah, then I would have said that Latinos right. allowed to definitely be there. <laughs> how do you po- how do you podcast compete? All right. Ooh. Quick three minute interview. Let's go. <laughs> That's a great premise for a reality show. So yeah, July 9th, NBC, y'all. Watch Here. support. We're you, you gonna watch it. Vote. Gonna watch it? Well, actually, yeah. they're, not, they're not gonna let us vote, people vote. Are you gonna watch it? Are you guys gonna watch it like with your families or what have you? That's Ooh, good like question. yeah. I'm gonna watch it with y'all. We all gonna I be hope yeah. so. like a viewing party or something. Viewing party. Let's do yeah. that for real. Viewing like party, we gotta yeah. do something. Honestly, right. yeah. we gotta do a little sun sun. All right. This is NBC guys. I mean, for real. Thank you, Frank. You're welcome. Thanks, Frank. Come on, let's do this. With that humongous announcement, I think it is now time for the Pachinche Bites. I've been waiting all day. Aye. I've been waiting Aye. all night. Aye. I've been waiting all day. Bochinche. Bites. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Waiting all night. Bochinche. Waiting all day. Bochinche. Bites. Shiver me timbers. Yeah, pirate is sexier. What's up? You didn't even let Frank live with it, bro. You just took it right away, huh? What's up, people? Hey, Jamie, what's, up? what's up, buddy? I'm about to bring the bochinja. Oh, is that okay? <laughs> mm. like, if bring... I weren't choking, I would say Jamie. <laughs> is that copyright? I don't think it's copyright. No, bring the funny. So, um, guys, Jay Z. We mentioned Jay Z in the opening question. Yes, he's officially a billionaire. Oh, okay. oh. What's the I'm... exact number? I'm a numbers guy. What is uh, when it? you become a billionaire, it doesn't matter. You just it's billions. A lot of zeros. Okay. It's another comma. It's like the show. Zero. The show is called Billions. They don't call it five billions. It's just billions. True. Good point. Um. Uh. So yeah. Not really. I mean, and look, he was a. <laughs> it was a bad point. <laughs> it was a rush. It was a rushed point and Terrible. not and not well thought out point. Made no sense. Um, but look, Jay Z. Look, he was a, he's already been a, a billionaire. Billionaire. I'm trying to say Beyonce. Beyonce. Where are you going with that? Oh, bail. Okay, billionaire. Oh, got, got it. I wrote it. I wrote it, and I thought I could pronounce it, and that was my yeah. second mistake of the night. Uh, <laughs> but look, now that he's accumulated a fortune. Um, that totals conservatively, they're saying one billion. So let's say that. Wow! It's it, he's one of only a handful of entertainers to become a billionaire, and he's the first hip hop artist to do so. Wow! So I don't want to hear that you got ninety nine problems, Jay Z. Okay, <laughs> billionaires don't have any problems. All right, and if they do, it's very billionaire centric shit. Like where do where do I park my jet? Or oh, yeah. you know what yeah. fucking uh, yo? Oh the 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 sports team I want to buy doesn't you know it's not available. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Jamie, as the rapper that he steals. A lot of lyrics from said more money more problems no doubt mm. so, I, I don't know too much about rap are you talking about Drake or <laughs> dude come on man the Everyone... goat nah that's little no kid doubt. little kid close mm. biggie baby um I think you gotta give you gotta give JC props here I mean cause he didn't make all his money from just rapping right you know what I'm saying he built his own brands like the Rock Aware clothing line. Yes. Yep. That's you, so. <laughs> shout out to The Rock. Shout that out was, to The Rock. That was baby. the FUBU of its time. Yo, you know this shit I mean? was mad comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Those yep. sweatpants were stylish. They made my butt look good and they were comfortable as fuck. Yep. Did you rock Did you Rock, rock Aware, Mike? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I got that for Christmas a lot. I. It was popping at one point. I was more of a Pelly 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 Pelly
Ducier is a cognac he co-owned with Bacardi. Duce, Duce, Duce. Duce? Yes. Ducier? Yes. Ducier? Duce. You see that? Look, I've never tried it. I've never tried it. Now you know, all right? I hear it's a great drink to have when you're big pimping with friends, but. See what you did there. Yep. Title, he owns. Yeah. The music streaming service that nobody has because we use Spotify. Is that their tagline? And uh, his multifaceted Rock Nation music and sports empire. Yes. Because uh, he briefly had part ownership of the Brooklyn Nets, right. yes. which is the title of basketball teams. Um, that's supposed to be an insult. Wow. Bad. You know I'm wearing a Brooklyn Nets jersey. Yo, what the fuck? Orange and blue. Oh, it's orange and blue, okay? Knicks. Okay. okay. Um, and his sports agency has signed and tampered with some of your favorite sports stars. <laughs> really? So let's congratulate Jay-Z. Yeah. By the, by the way, I, if I'm not mistaken, Diddy is like at 860 million. He's close. He's, he's getting so there. Diddy's going to get there. Dr. Dre's close, too. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So this is another East Coast, West Coast battle? Oh, no. And, to and, be a billionaire. Oh, and, no. And then after that, it's E-40. E-40. Are you sure? <laughs> no. And then Hammer is like trailing <laughs> way behind. Wow. He's, he's a thousand there. <laughs> yeah. Guys, my next bite. Okay. Mattel is partnering with Bloomhouse. They make a lot of these horror, popular horror films. Yes. For a live action uh, movie on the popular old school toy, the Magic 8 Ball. Oh, I love Magic the 8 Ball. ball. It's what, is, what is that? What Frank is that? doesn't know what a Magic 8 Ball is. No. And it's actually something that's very, I think you would like. It's very really? like fake news-ish, conspiracy. So Magic 8 Ball is a toy that you shake it and it randomly answers your questions. So it'll be like, you know, will I ever get married? And, and, you, oh and you shake it and don't break it. And <laughs> and it'll respond like yes or no, wow. you'll die a virgin or some shit like that. Wow. Yo, maybe um, you guys can get me for that for Christmas. <laughs> I, want that I think for you Christmas. need your own. You need the magic Frank ball. Yeah. That shit will no. be like, and it actually, the world is ending in three both, years. It's both bald, so it works. Yeah. It's you all know, the Illuminati. Like shake one. again. It's very Illuminati because it's like a triangle. Oh, no. Oh, no. It is a triangle. What the hell? Oh, Yo, and it's a sphere. I gotta do a. Oh, new, I got. I gotta do a fake news on you this. You gotta have. I think you should come out with your own Frank Magic Eight Balls. Yo, and it just looks like Frank's head, <laughs> but, but not an eight ball from Uptown from Washington Heights. Oh. No, not that one, Frank. <laughs> okay, Frank. Frank. I got you. Is that how it goes? Yeah, that was good. Uh, you could do Frank's and I'll do Jamie's. Okay, that's good. So look, I mean, Bloomhouse—they do a lot of these horror films, <laughs> and they've done stuff with childhood games, like they've turned. Um, they've turned other games like True for Dare. They turned that into a horror movie. They wow. turned the Ouija board into a horror movie. That is a horror movie. Um, I don't know what's next. I'm thinking maybe like Spin the Bottle. If the bottle lands. Oh, that was my favorite game. The though. bottle lands yeah. on you. Yeah. I used to is love that like that a soft game. porn? Well, no. If, I'm, Frank used to wait the bottle. If the bottle lands on you, you die. It, so it always landed on him. Mama, you owe me a, you owe me a nice kiss. <laughs> no, let's use my Malta India bottle. No, I didn't put anything in it. Okay. Um, so yeah, well, I have my own take on Twister. <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sure. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Well, this, we're talking about horror movies. We're yellow. talking about horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. favorite, Rise, motherfucker. And final bites. Just some quick shout-outs. Um, oh, shout-outs. Mm. Just shout-outs. The Jeopardy guy, the guy that was oh yeah winning all these, breaking all these Jeopardy records. He was James Hallshauer. Who? Hose Howard? Hose, Hose Howard. Hose Howard? What? He, um, he finally lost, okay? Damn. He finally, mm. someone beat him. But he made like two million bucks. Yep. Um, so he's a, he's a millionaire. He's not yeah. a billionaire, but right. he's a two millionaire. 
but he 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 has to pay California taxes even though he doesn't live in California. Sucks. And so he has to pay like one million dollars worth of taxes. So half <laughs> yeah. of that shit is gone. Yeah. Do you understand that I had to pay taxes on my parting gifts that I got from The Price Is Right? No. Oh I had to pay four hundred and fifty dollars in taxes for a fucking light up bird bath and his and hers gold plated watches. That means they're fake. They're dipped in fake fake gold. Wow. But I was like, how do I refuse prizes from The Price Is Right? So the bird bath is still in my mother's backyard in Brooklyn. You know, and they say, you're wearing the watch right now. No, it yeah. turned green like in two weeks. <laughs> it's like they say, parting gifts is such sweet sorrow. Ah, no? James. Uh, and just one last quick shout out. Mm. Um, yo, Anthony Joshua oh, lost to Andy uh, don't Ruiz. Get Frank started. He's a Latino. Andy Ruiz Jr. beat Anthony Joshua. Yes. Andy Ruiz Jr. is rocking the dad bod all day. Yeah. And, and and fucking Anthony Joshua is like a fucking specimen. <laughs> you know, he sounds like Idris Elba. He's mm. he has like a Both 12 feet. pack and this dude Anthony, Andy Reeves Jr. fucking ate a Taco Bell meal and fucking went out <laughs> and fucking made Anthony made Anthony run for the border. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So wow. we got to give him props. We do. Um, and yo, he's a hero. He's a Latino hero. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to fucking lose embarrassingly in the second match they have, which is already scheduled. But yo, we can have this moment, right? Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the bites, y'all. All right. And now it's time for that part of the show that you skip right to, the fake news. The views, opinions, and insinuations made by Frank Nibs do not necessarily reflect or represent those held by the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spirison News with Frank Nibs. Hello! Hello, Franklin. Folks. Hi, Frank. Thank you. How are we doing, everyone? We're good. good. Thanks. Frank. Excellent. Thank you, Frank. Oh. Well, folks, today we're going to talk about direct energy weapons. Uh oh. Abbreviation do. Sometimes you hear it as direct do, like, energy do, weaponry. Do the do. Uh, do do do. Do tell more. Right. Do, do, do. In our first episode this year, I spoke about this. Um, good thing that you remembered. That was pretty good. Right. Do me, baby. Oh, that was my jam. Yeah. Uh, if everyone, if any, if people remember, uh, 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 I spoke about uh, a laser hitting the Con Edison uh, 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 generator in Queens and lighting up the sky, and everyone remembers what happened. That was one of my favorite, favorite right, ones. right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I got some news for you guys. Mm. You know, they've been using this weaponry in other places in the uh, in the United States. Really? Yes. And if you guys remember, there was some forest fires in California back yes. then. Yes, right. of course. We remember that. Well, you know, I didn't want to talk about this back then, but there's word that that weaponry was used in some fires that were going on in California. The government wanted to take over the marijuana industry, and they were blowing up grow houses all over California. Grow houses? Yes. Grow houses? They want to take over the marijuana industry. So and they were burning down all these grow houses with this laser beam hitting down on all these places. Now, people think And those I'm, motherfuckers were getting high from the helicopter. Yes. Bastards. <laughs> That's right. Now, people think I'm crazy. You can go check this out all over the internet. There's actually aerial pictures of, like, houses burnt down, and the greenery all around the houses is still standing. That's crazy. And I heard, like, reggae was playing in the background through the whole oh, time. Wow. Could Rich. this be love? <laughs> be love. Guys, for real. Listen, the firefighters said that some of the cars were burned down so badly that they'd never seen anything like this. I'm serious. 
everything was burned down. They said that the cars were like melted, like melted. I mean, when firefighters really know when it's what type of fire is going on. They've been doing this for so many years. Yep. And if they're so obnoxious, and you you guys got to do, you guys got. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, this, do you know what type of fire that is? I'm like, yeah, you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna tell me, Mr. Firefighter. Wow, so guys, if you really look into this, so most you, of these fires, this happens to you several Most times. of these fires were happening around places in California that the residents actually grow marijuana in their houses and around their houses. So like they had a list. Oh, the no, they no, houses? no. The, the government actually knows they do. They have an infrared in their helicopters. They have what? Home. Yes, and the infrared <laughs> is this can, rare? No, it's listen, a rare guys. They can actually see when heat is coming from an actual house. Oh, because infrared. You, yes, infrared, and they can actually fe- they can actually see the heat coming from the house from the helicopter, and they actually know which houses are actually growing because these lights oh, yeah. actually give up give off so much heat, and they can actually ah. see it. All right. And they shoot it down. They shoot these houses down. They just actually shoot them down yeah, and they the, burn them. It caused the fu- the rest of the forest fire, right? So, like, do they know that they're causing all this like domino effect? They do, but they do. But can I jump? In but real they've quick? been take, they're taking over the marijuana industry. Wait, wait, can I jump in real quick? Yes. So what you're saying is there were the forest fires. So the government took advantage and thank shot you. at the same time. Michael, to make it thank seem you. Like, oh, I thought thank it started you. the forest. No. Michael, thank you. No, it was within the forest. Right. They took advantage of the fire but going on hold they, on okay. and they they shot down all these places all these grow houses There's hundreds and hundreds of grow houses all over california guys i'm telling you and you have residents that are that want to grow their own marijuana because why not they have the right and they and they're fighting to take the industry just like the government is and the government wants to take them out and they did frank so what do you think like say when new york starts growing it in the winter time are they gonna have like you know how game of thrones frozen dragon right are they gonna have like a frozen laser beam to freeze the marijuana got, got, guys they don't let it come game over of here thrones is over mike get over it thank you <laughs> Guys, they're not gonna let it come to New York. Freezing it would actually make it better, cause then it's cryogenically like right. fresh. Ooh, they're controlling good. it over here. I they're like controlling. That. They're controlling yeah. it over here because they know over here things will get out of hand because people could grow it inside, like in basements or what have you. California, they can actually from helicopters, they can actually see who's growing where and what. And they took advantage and they burned down all these houses. Where was okay? And I have a, a serious question. Where was Smokey the Bear in all of this? Oh boy! Great question. You know what I mean? Like I would think he was in the helicopter. He was smoking a blunt somewhere because <laughs> if he and, lives and, in and the forest. Yeah, and congratulations. What's a shame is you have all these homeowners that lost their houses that didn't have home insurance. So sad. And so it's sad. that's that's horrible. See, I'm suspicious. You, you're saying they did it when they're ready. The forest fires. Right. Yes. They My they conspiracy right. is that they started the forest fire. Oh wow. boy. Oh. boy. Boy. Go big oh. with it. Oh, Go big Lord. with it because wow. it's like, yo, it's oh, too boy. convenient. It's too no, no, convenient. no. It was it was proven that the person that actually set the forest fire, they found out who it was. Yeah, Jamie. Oh. But the, the the whole the whole the whole theory behind it is that they took advantage of that forest fire going on, and they went after these grow houses and all these hundreds and hundreds of houses, and in that they took more and more advantage of the actual marijuana industry in doing that. Wow. Well, thank you so much. You're Frank. welcome, folks. Thank wow. you so much, Frank. I'm blown away. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've ever used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. 
In 2017, more than 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 51% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and use ride-sharing services too. Yo, cops are on the lookout and writing tickets, so why take the risk? In 2017 alone, seatbelts saved nearly 15,000 lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. All right, you guys, this is the part of the show where we interview somebody amazing. Did you hear me? I'll say it again. This is the part of the show where we interview somebody amazing. You know her from the airwaves. I mean, she's pretty much one of those iconas, you know what I'm saying, in radio. She's an icon. She's somebody that we have listened to. She's got a hip-hop background. She is Laura Styles. Nice. I like that. That was a really good intro. Maybe I can hire you every time I walk into a room. (laughs) Everybody says that. You can walk in and make my announcement, and then I can prance in. (laughs) Should I do that as a side hustle, Laura Styles? If you want to intern for me, I'll let you do it. Because I'm cheap. I ain't paying nobody. (laughs) No, I don't work for free nowadays. I don't do free labor, no. But I I love that. You should definitely, I love that. She's good at that. I love that. It needs an echo effect. I love that. That's how dramatic you get is you that no, echo effect. No, but it's very, it's very important because everybody wants free shit nowadays. Everybody. As a matter of fact, make sure you check your email because I definitely send you an invoice after this. Oh. Hey. Hey. Wait a minute. We oh. pay Damn, my car spam. service. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm having them wait downstairs because I don't like different people driving me around. Oh, we pay so the other... same one is waiting down there. Doing... <laughs> Some heavy lifting downstairs. <laughs> We're, you're good because Frank does uh, Uber uh, part time. Perfect. So Frank can drive you. Uh, uh, where you I, need to I'm go. just kidding. I live around the corner. I walked in. Hey. <laughs> and we could pay other methods, other forms of green. Other forms of green. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, let's discuss. I don't know if I like I love doing these intros, but it doesn't really do you justice. Could you please tell everybody a little bit about you, what you've done and where you at? <sighs> we only have we have a, what, 40 minutes, right? It's a lot. Take I mean, basically, time. I mean, the majority of the people know me from being on the radio. So I've been on the radio since uh, 2000. Fuck. 2000, I want to say like 2000. 2000, fuck. That's good. That yeah, works. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, for, that was a good year. For me, that, that was, was really 97. <laughs> So that yeah, was yeah, yeah. From 2000, 2000 yeah. fuck was great. Yeah, I think it was 2000 where I started. Um, I started interning, actually, like getting coffee and eating shit and holding people's babies and For who? closing Where's doors. <laughs> tell us. I'm tell telling us. you, that's what they did. No, I, so my first. Well, if you want to take it even more back, my first radio experience was when I was, I think I was 16 years old. And I was obsessed. I was like, fuck, I want to be a DJ. I really wanted to be a DJ. But at that time, um, you know, turntables, uh, a pair of techniques is going to cost you like a thousand. You know what I mean? And each record is like $10. Like, and my parents were like, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, my, my background, my parents are Guatemalan. Mm. Guatemala. My mom, is, my mom is from Guatemala and my dad is half Guatemalan, half from Belize. Oh. Yes. 
So my parents are immigrants, came to this country, and they were like, you better make something out of yourself. <laughs> so they were not checking for me doing anything to do with music. They are like, we're not, music is just not our thing, you know? And I was like, all right, whatever. So I, I tried everything. Like, I was like, fuck, maybe I could rap. And I was like, I'm not really good. I was like, maybe I can, you know, I grew up a lot uh, around a lot of legendary graffiti artists. Well, they're legendary now. Okay. You know? So I, let me try, let me try. Yeah, I tried like getting in, uh, getting up a couple walls. What was your tag? Uh, like, what was oh your... yeah. I, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how whack I was. Uh, it, it was just Laura Styles. Wow. How incriminating is that? In it, print, right? How incriminating is that? Because at that time, because I was born and raised in Mid City, Los Angeles. Mm. At that time, they were cracking down on graffiti. But I'm talking about really throwing people in jail. Like it was really uh, bad. There was like a whole coalition against wow. graffiti artists at that moment, especially because the majority were black and brown, you know? Yeah. And people were getting locked up. For I a saw a lot of that in this documentary called Breaking. Time. And Breaking 2. Yeah. Did you see those? Yeah, Electric yeah, Boogaloo? Yeah. Well, that was Breaking, a documentary, not right? Two, not the second one. The second one got real. Yeah, I didn't see the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Jamie. But anyway, so it was it was a thing. So I was like, all right, I'm not doing this. I can't get fucking arrested. Um, let me see, what else can I do? So I was just obsessed. I just wanted to be a part of hip hop culture because being uh, you know, uh a daughter of immigrants, my first connection to feeling connected to the United States was hip hop. Because I felt like well, I didn't really fit in anywhere else. I mean, um, at home, my parents didn't speak uh, English. Mm-hmm. So the only time I got to hang out with my friends was bonding over music, bonding over hip hop. So I, it made me feel at home. And I was like, how can I be a functioning piece of this puzzle? Like, I just really wanted to be a part of it. And, um, so my boys that were DJs, I was like, come on, man. Let me just get on the mic. Let me just shout somebody out when they come in. So I would sneak into these clubs and beg, like, come on, just let me let me, let me, me welcome people in. Let me shout somebody out. I was just annoying. Like, please. Like, so they were like, all right, fine. Go ahead. You know? To the point where they, I was really little and skinny and I had the, the same raspy voice. So people would get a kick out of it. And I was like, I always want to make all the announcements. So I was just, like, <laughs> obsessed with it. And then um, I started, like you know, really researching radio. And I was like, fuck, like, I want to do, I want to be on the radio. Like, how do people, how do you get on the radio? I can do that, you know? So at the time it was, this is the 90s. So the Baker Boys were on the air. And there was this woman named Nautica de la Cruz. And I still haven't met Nautica, by the way. But Nautica was on the air and I was like, man, I can do this job too. She made me feel like I could do it. Then I started researching. I'm like, Angie Martinez. And I would find little clips. I'm like, I can do this. Like, I saw myself and I really was like, I- I'm a very realistic person, right? Like, I know I'm like, yeah, I want to be a model. Well, I'm 5'4", and, and you know, it's not going to work out for me. So I'm very realistic about my goals. And um, I just became fucking obsessed. And um, I lied. I went to a local radio station and I lied. Uh, I lied. My whole resume was a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> Fake and it till you make it. I definitely oh did. And I got in the building and I recorded like maybe four or five shows that my mom still has on white cassette tapes. Oh my God. Yeah, she still has them, right? And I thought it was popping. I'm like, I think at that time I was like, it was like uh, like Lyricist Lounge 2 and like Most Def. And, you know, I was like super backpacker, so I was bringing all my shit. And I was like, I'm chilling. Until they were like, excuse me, miss. Wow, you need a work permit. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm not really of age to get a work permit yet. Because in L.A., you couldn't get one at that. I think you're supposed to be like 17. Mm. So I got the boot. They're like, come back when you're of age. So then I was just like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to be on the radio. I'm going to figure this out. And honestly, guys, I just, a lot of really like, it was a dark place in my time. I got kicked out of my home. Uh, 
you know, it, things weren't working out. And I How was like, How old were you when you got kicked out? I was like 17. That's very So young. I think I was like, you know what? I got to get out of here. And I became obsessed with radio. And I was like, the number one market for radio is New York. And that's where I'm going to go. And I got my little money together. And whatchamacallit. And I remember I had a friend of mine who worked with me. And she was from Queens. And her cousin came to visit us one summer. She's from the Bronx, right? And I told this bitch not to get caught shoplifting oh at the at the mall. I'm God. like, they got cameras in the mannequins. I'm telling you. <laughs> Wait, they got cameras in the mannequins? You know yes. that? Yes. Wait, Frank. that's some fake news. Are Frank you, is supposed to tell yes, us that. Yes, they have what? cameras in Are the mannequins. Are you kidding me? Yes, and they do. And guess what? Next thing you know, she's behind bars. <laughs> do you know that Bloomingdale's have their own little jails? What? Oh, uh, yeah. I oh never seen. I, I know the party is Underneath? <laughs> tell us about it. I'm sorry. We're derailing for a sec. Yo, what you at? Yo, were you at Rikers? Nah, nah, I'm in Bloomingdale. Bloomingdale's jail, yeah. Don't pick me up, yo. yo I'm this is my up, only phone call right I'm now. I'm gonna set up a commissary. Don't worry, all right? <laughs> so they really do have a jail in the Bloomingdale. So what? they have them down there. But obviously to hold you until, you know, your parents come, police, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I happen to know some... I always know. I always have a guy. I'm one of those, right? <laughs> I knew somebody who knew somebody to knew somebody. I made some calls. I'm like, hey, he got her out. Wow. She was like, yo, I owe you big time. So when I decided to buy a one-way flight to New York, I said, I'm coming to New York, and I just need you to hold me down. I was like, because I don't really, I don't have any family there. I don't know anybody. And she was like, don't worry about it. I got you. So my you know, my my best friends, I'm really lucky. I have, like, a really incredible group of friendships that, like, when I tell you people love me, and I think that that's God's way of blessing me, like, they hold me down. So my girlfriends, they were all working at, like, the Sheraton and whatever that line of hotels, two of them. They were like, we're going to give you all of our free stays so you have a two-week stays at the Trump Towers. Fuck Trump, but, you know, at the time, (laughs) at the Trump Towers. So you have a place to be for two weeks. So my broke ass, I had $1,000 in my pocket. Cash. That's it. And I was staying in the Trump Towers, not what? being able to afford shit because I was so broke. People you know were I mean? like, damn, you le- you staying right. at the Trump like Towers? The irony is Girl, right. you don't even know. Right. And meanwhile, I'm going down the street to find Dollar Pizza. I'm like, where's yeah. it at? That's why I have to budget myself. <laughs> is so, there a bodega around right, here? What right. the fuck? So, and then fast forward, look, my homegirl was like, okay, for the rest, you can come stay with me in the Bronx. So I stayed in Castle Hill. And she basically hold me down until I uh, enrolled in school so I could get financial aid. Okay. Cause I, yes, because I had gone to um, oh, I gone to I went to a couple. I went to Los Angeles City College, Santa Monica College, and then I transferred here to BMCC. Okay. And um, got that Pell Grant popping. Well, not really. Oh. You know, it was just like it was a really interesting situation. But whatever, I did get a little something. I got. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, I have some bread coming my way. Oh, by the way, my parents decided my dad stopped talking to me when I left. So I didn't have my father's Sorry. blessings. My pops didn't talk to me for like a year and a half. Damn. And my, my mom was kind of like, look, um, go. Fuck it. If everything fell, you can come back. But I don't know if you could come back home, but you could come back to LA. I'll see my G. Thanks, mom. Right? So <laughs> I got to go visit Prima right. to go see Not even. You. I don't have any family in the United uh, States besides oh my parents my and my God. sisters. I don't have any aunts, uncles, wow. cousins. I don't have any of that. 
So it's a very so unique do you think situation. A part of, uh, do you think a part of not having family is what made you even go out even further? Because uh, yes. if you have family, like, all right, I got kicked out. I'm going to go stay at my cousin's, yes. and I'm not going to New York. But that was good. what gave you a little bit of that yeah, extra yeah, boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been very independent and very self-sufficient, too. And it's part of it. So it's, it's like survival, right? So fast forward, I um I was going to school. I was going to BMCC. I'm working. I was working. My first job in New York was working at this place called Antique Boutique. Oh, my God. Oh, in the Broadway. village. Yes. Of course. Uh, yes. Love that fucking place. Yes. Of course That's you I, I, I met Andre yeah. 3000 there, so it's very special for me. That was like the ultimate grunge <laughs> store. Yes. So I worked there. And then after that, I worked I worked at the Levi's store. I... There was a Levi's store on Fifth Avenue. And then I then I got transferred to the one on 59th and Lex. And then there was a diesel store there. And then the diesel guys were like, yo, you're cool as shit. Because I used to go to the local bar and the pizza shop. They're like, why don't you just come to us? And I was like, more money? Yes. <laughs> and then I was working at diesel. So I was working at diesel. I was, uh, God, I just remember sweeping sand because there was like a beach theme in the window. So I would oh, do window displays. God. Oh, man. But oh, it would be fun. like three, four that's in the fun. morning and I'm just like building shit, like labor. You know what I mean? But I have, I'm really crafty with my hands because uh, I was an art student. So I was very like, all right, cool. I have like the vision and this and this. And, and it just worked out, right? Again, I lied my fake to tell I make it. Is but there yeah, a diesel? Experience. Is there a diesel jail? Just curious. <laughs> no diesel jail. Yo, you stole these tight ass jeans. Yo, no you're going to jail. jail. Right. They definitely did have security that was uh, overly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but no diesel jail. So, and then, um, you know, at the time I was like, yo, I was like trying to figure out how do I get into radio? How do, I was calling Hot Night seven emailing trying to figure it all out that thing right and then a brand new station popped up in new york city was um was power 105 and when mm. power 105 first came it was nothing but old school it was all old school hits right so i was like all right so one of my uh one of my boys that i grew up with was his friend i think they did kung fu together okay that's yeah right. super <laughs> random okay it's, it gets like yeah. that he was like, he made a call and he was like, yo, my boy just became head of imaging for Clear Channel and is launching the station in New York City. You should call him. And I was like, yes, just give me his number, right? And I called him and he was like, yes, come, come in. I would like to meet you, right? So I come in. His name is Quasi. I love Quasi. He's right now, he does, he's at, in LA at The Real. I in in Los Angeles, Quasi Culet. He is like, I, I, we still keep in touch. I love him to death because he gave me my first break. I had an interview, so my first job was answering phones, getting coffee for people. And when I tell you, my first, the first person I ever worked for was Moni Love. Oh, and Moni wow. uh, had just had a baby. So she was the definition of, like, an incredible woman in my eyes because she's breastfeeding, doing breaks, editing shit, and, like, talk, you know what I mean? Like, rocking, arguing with her man. And, <laughs> I, and I would just be in there like, whoa, this is incredible. Incredible. Like, of course I'm a native tongue fan. You know what I mean? So, and she really embraced me and she fucked with me because she knew that I was really like about the culture. She used to call me B-Girl L. That's like our little nickname every time she sees me. And it was dope. And, and I was just like, I was a fan, but I was serious about my shit. And I was like, hey, any way I could be of use, I was there. And since I didn't have any family, I literally like lived at the radio station. I was there. I took all the like um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's because I was like, to me, I was like, I'd rather, every, if you have family here, go be with your family. I don't have any family here. So I felt like, why am I taking out, you know what I mean? Like, I'm mm -hmm. just going to be in my little room alone. Yeah. So I might as well, you know. Take advantage of the situation. Right? Yeah, I mean, I did. And everyone, you know, and nowadays I feel like some people don't really understand what it is to really grind. You know what I mean? You know what it is to be there like, oh, happy new year to me, you know. But at the same time, I was always like, you know what? 
I'm just closer to my dreams. I would always be like, I'm closer to it. I'm closer mm -hmm. to it. And believe it or not, I started like moving up, learning production. And I learned from, from Marley Mall, Red Alert, from Chubb uh, Rock and like, uh, and people just started kind of taking me under their wing, and, and I was super dedicated. So from there, I became a board op. So I was running everybody's boards, mix show boards. Then I was working with Ed Lover, and Ed Lover, he, he, I, listen, I was broke as fuck, but I still figured out a way to get some fly kicks. Okay? <laughs> Priorities, right? Priorities. <laughs> and, and because I had rares, and I always had something, I always, like, connected with certain people, and the sneaker game was completely different back then. So it's like only certain like-minded people were into it. It wasn't like now where you could just order it online and there was none of that shit. Like you, app for it. Like you which, really yeah. had to go to Japan to get a Japan exclusive. Ooh. Like it was one of those. Like it was very hard. So I started meeting like certain people and they would just like be like, all right, if you can get me so-and-so to buy a certain pair of sneakers, I'm going to bless you. So I was making all these deals on the side so oh I could get a pair of kicks God. that I could not afford. Hustle. So always. So... Which my, so me and Ed Lover clicked, and I would always get him. I, I was like, I got a street plug, but you got to buy me lunch for a week because I'm broke. And he was like, I got you. So it was it just ended up, my biggest thing that I think that people should understand is like no matter where you're at, and if you're trying to grow, you have to figure out what makes you unique and what's going to make you useful. Nobody wants to just have somebody just sitting around doing nothing, you know? Like when I have the few interns that I allow to get close to me, and I'll tell you why, <laughs> um, I need something from you. You know what I mean? Like I need I need you to give me something. I need I need to see drive. I need to see that you really want this because most people when I tell them like so what do you want to do? They're like, "Oh, yeah, I want to do what you do." Well, what do I do? I mean, I see you on the gram with rappers. I think that's dope. I'm like, that's what ah! you think I do? You think I just take pictures with artists? Like, that's like the least, you know what I mean? The like like this the I just it really 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 mm. makes me sad. Because I feel people don't research their passion enough. And I think that when you love something, you dig deep. And I'm sure you guys know you have a passion for sketch comedy. You've dug deep. You sure have. And it's really important. That's what separates, I think, professionals and people who really have are cut from a certain cloth of dedication. So um, anyway, next you know, um, I started producing a morning show. And here I am, never done this before in the number one market, and they they trusted me to produce a morning show for one of the craziest motherfuckers in radio, which was Star and Buck Wild. Oh, oh my goodness. god! Yeah, and you guys just Google it real quick. Uh, some of our listeners may not. It, which is it? Which is fine. Controversial. It was, Please talk about that. So it was. Oh god, I'm trying to see what I can and can't say. <laughs> I'm sure there've been lawyers involved. Yes. Because of a lot of legal legal issues, I can't speak on a lot of things, but just know that it was extremely controversial. Mm. It was FM radio like I've never witnessed before because we all I, I I was aware of Howard Stern, but I never saw like an urban radio something so dynamic. And let me tell you something. Star's an asshole, right? And assholes to so many people and people hate him and he's done some pretty fucked up shit, like, you know, but he was always great to me. And I can't ever take that away from him. He was always very respectful and always treated me very fair, never put me down or talked down to me. And and that's why I always have the utmost respect for him to, for giving me a chance. And listen, I was the only I was the only girl in the room watching and being like, I don't know if we should do this. And he would, you know, I didn't talk much, but when I did, he respected my opinion. And so yeah, and it was uh, 
It was crazy. It was fucking crazy. I have never been on a show where artists would be like, what? What? I've never seen them nervous, like wow. shaking, like, what the how? So, what's he going to ask me? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It was really Give interesting to up, see people know? really shook to go on there and being like, fuck, what am I getting myself into? Because that's how it was. Give you us know a story. I mean? Just give us a story that you can talk about. And you don't have to name names. You can say rhymes with. <laughs> Rachel, you love the rhymes things. with. How many syllables? Oh, I okay, so I oh rhymes with crazy. I hope this give me a chance. Well, one okay, so one day I remember a certain artist came, and he was tough. And Star had a big thing about people coming into his room to with with sunglasses on. Like if you're gonna sit down and have an interview with me, you need to take off your glasses and look at me in, in the eye. It's a form of respect. Well, this artist didn't want to take his glasses off, mm. oh. and it turned into um, uh, it just got really ugly. And let's say. Um, Certain objects were drawn. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I was like, I can't die here. Oh, my then, it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie all of a sudden. It's like, <laughs> we're going to go to commercial break Yeah, real well, that's what I, I was like. What am I going to do? And I was like, what the fuck do I do? And I'm like, how thick are these soundproof glass windows? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it was really scary. But we had like, you know, security, whatever. And then at the end, it ended up being like, people just walked away. <laughs> but I, I didn't knew I didn't know that everybody that certain people were packed. You know what I mean? So I was wow. like, so it was it was that type. But it was that it was that type. It was a different time, guys. Mm -hmm. But it was also a very <laughs> it was a very interesting show. At mm. times when Star, sometimes you know, he wanted to ha hire a uh, a chef. And he had to wear white gloves to prepare breakfast for anyone. And he had to be white. <laughs> and he had to be white. <laughs> like a white butler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he Serving got us. his request fulfilled? Like they Yes. Woo! What? I remember having like, 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 I think I had like a, a an omelet with like, Por, uh, like fancy ass porcini mushrooms with truffle oil. Oh, I was wow. like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" You know? <laughs> are eating, right? Great. No, this might be my only real meal today, so you know I'm gonna take advantage. Yeah. I'll take seconds, and if there's third, I'll take that too. Yeah, I'll hook you up with my sneaker connect for those porcini no, mushrooms. What you trying to do? What you trying to do? No, but it was one of those things. Well, eventually, like if you guys Google and if you're a radio nerd, um, shit hit the fan. He said some really inappropriate mm -hmm. things about some people. Lawyers got involved. Everyone got fired except me. Oh. So I'm like, everyone is fired except me. And then, because I technically didn't do anything, you know? And I was like, all right, well, um, what am I going to do, you know? So I remember being like, fuck, you know, I don't, I really don't want to produce anymore. Like, I really want to be on the air. I want to do my own thing. So I sent out my tapes to like, uh, there was a radio station in Miami, <clears throat> excuse me, and one in Connecticut at the time. It was called Power 1041, same, same station. And they were like, and I got callbacks. And I was like, fuck, I don't really want to move. Like, I didn't want to move. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm cracking my fingers. Like, what am I going to do? I could stay. Big Tigger had just came in. He was like, you'll produce my show. And I was like, I don't want to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the best thing, and this is the best thing happened to me. So at that time, they were testing this technology called um, HD radio. So on the FM dial, there's a second band. And it, it didn't really pop off. But the second band, all these other radio stations were buying into it because that was going to be their alternative band. Mm. So Power bought into it and made it um, a Power Latino. That's what it was called. So they were going to play reggaeton and whatever, oh, you know, on so. HD radio. But you needed HD radio to hear it. Okay. So I'm telling you, it was it was, it was was just something they were trying at the time. So I was like, all right, fuck it. They were like, who speaks Spanish? We were like, Laura speaks Spanish. Mm. So Laura, do you want to cut all the voice work for it? I'm like, Absolutely. 
Daddy Yankee comes in. Daddy Yankee doesn't speak any English. So me and Daddy Yankee sat there, and I basically got to coach him and taught him how to, like, pronounce certain things. And we had, like, a, a Bible of, like, you know, voiceover shit, and we knocked it out, and we voiced the entire station. Wow. And I, you know, I didn't think anything of it, and then I get a phone call. And they were like, hey, there's this new radio station uh, popping off in New York City called La Calle 105.9. Mm -hmm. Of course. They were like, oh, we love the way you know you sound, and we want to offer you a position. So I'm like, what? I don't have to move. But then I'm like, fuck, I don't know shit about reggaeton. I'm not Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. Like, I just yeah. know hip-hop. I don't know anything else. Want reggae? I'll give you that. Reggae? Like, where you want to go? Your little soca? What do you want? What, I mean, I don't know because I was like, all right, fuck it. I can't. I'm fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, I know how to produce a show. And, I, you know, so I went and I had my interview and I had a complete package and presentation. And I let him, I got my RE Gold on and sold and I got an offer. So the, my first on air radio gig was, I think I was 25 years old. And the station, uh, was right there on Fifth Avenue and like, uh, I think it was like, fuck, like 40-something street. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's it. And I went in and they were just like, all right, do you. Thank God I had the production background because I kind of felt like, yo, if I was a rookie, this is someone setting yourself, they're setting you up for failure, right? Yeah. And one thing that's, I learned a lot working at Univision because it was, it, was, it was owned by Univision, right? So I come in, I'm very structured, I'm a very structured person, I, you know, I pay attention to detail, and I just run a tight ship because I work with incredible people who have it no other way. So I came in, oh my God, and let me tell you, it was L. Boogs' slot, mm -hmm. and I came in to replace him, and everybody hated me. Oh, man. They were like, oh, there's this bitch that's taking Boogs' job, this and this. So I'm coming in, and I'm like, hey guys, and everybody's like, Pfft. This bitch. It's this one over here. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I I'm always I, I'm always the new girl because I I have experience in being the new person. So I said, you know what? I'm not even gonna fight it. I'm just gonna come in, do what I do, be myself, and eventually someone will warm up. You know what I mean? And everybody treated me like shit, except DJ Precise. So DJ Precise Boy. is like legendary OG DJ. Like yeah. he's incredible. And he was the one who came up to me and showed me love. And I was like, wow, this is really dope, you know? So I, I kick off my show and um, yeah, unprepared amongst to, to everybody else. But I've, I, I, made it, I made it work and my ratings came back and I'm fucking kicking ass. Thomas. Yes. And then I, you know, I put in, you know, I, I, I break down my ratings. I go to the sales department. And I say, hey, listen, I think we should reach out to XYZ for sponsorship. And, da, 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 da. and they're looking at me like, what? Next thing you know, I'm getting all kind of sponsorship checks. Like, we use your deck. We use this. We use that. So I'm making some money, right? So I'm just like, oh, my God, this is amazing, you know? And, um, and eventually people started warming up to me. And I will say DJ Casanova, who's on La Mega now, uh, Casanova is an incredible radio personality. He, I would be like, Cas, he would be like, he was the music director at the time, and I was like, everyone hates me. He's like, it's okay. They're just, you know, people are just used to their click. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were like, but eventually they'll, they'll come around, man. You're a good person, da da da. He's like, yo, hook me up with some sneakers. I'm like, nah, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Chill, chill, chill. We not that cool. We you know what I mean? You gotta earn that shit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stripes, motherfucker. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, I don't know. Earn and <laughs> so, um, and I would, <laughs> I would be like, so mind you, I don't know anything about reggaeton. So I remember being like, Cass, what is a ma mahong, mahong? Is that G? What does that mean? Uh, 
But you know what I mean? I guess, I guess like we singing and was like singing about jeans oh or some shit. I don't know. I'm Guatemalan. I don't speak yeah. Puerto Rican. What is gasolina? So, <laughs> so it was a lot of like real Puerto Rican lingo that I was like, I don't know what's happening. And there's no Puerto Rican dictionary for me. So all I could do is like ask, you know? And he was so cool because he literally was like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, this, this, try this. Can you give I, lessons? Yeah, he basically would tell me, this is what it means. Got it. And I'm great at finessing it. So I was just faking the funk or whatever. Oh and I remember God. one time I was went downstairs because I didn't have a producer. I think like Hector El Father came to see me, so I, I meet him downstairs. I'm like, I'm here to get Hector El Father, oh and he's God. like, Hector's father's here. He's like, it's me, and I'm like, oh, uh, hi! I didn't recognize you. You look so young. You don't look like a father, but yeah. come upstairs. Well, anyway, so you know what? I just finessed it. I finessed it. I ended up getting fucking kick-ass ratings. They gave me another show on the weekends. And I really made my mark, and I made some pretty good money. I was able to get out of debt, fix my credit, you know what I mean? That's it. I moved out from my apartment in the Bronx, and I was in the Heights, and I kept moving to Harlow, and I was, you know, living with my girlfriends. Working your way south, baby! Yes, yes. (laughs) Back to Trump Trump Tower. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So then, yeah, I was living in Harlem in a three-bedroom apartment, and then my girl, everyone's broke, so I remember being like, all right, well, I got the rent this time. You know what I mean? I got you. And they were like, you know Helping out my girlfriends, I was living with Stephanie Ortiz. Yes, yes. So Stephanie is one of my good, yeah, my good friends. We came up together, and uh, and what, <laughs> and she actually worked at La Calle too, and it was yeah. great. It was great. Listen, it was the first time I, I was able to host. I remember being in, in Madison Square Garden hosting uh, a concert on a rotating stage. Do you know? Do you wow. understand the feeling of eating shit, and all of a sudden you have this opportunity? to be celebrated, you know what I mean? And it was really surreal for me. It was a really surreal moment. And and I remember like, and my my, my parents still didn't get it. And my dad still didn't talk to me. Oh my God. Damn. So I'm alone and I, have, I don't really have anyone to really like share these moments with, you know? And um, so it was a really interesting time, but you just gotta go, man. You gotta go for your shit. And then eventually the station flipped. So after the Latino boom that happened, um, the station flipped and they went tropical. So I am a person that if I'm not 100% happy where I'm at, I got to go. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've never been fired from a job before, but I've quit a million times. And not because I'm a quitter, it's because I'm a firm believer. Like, if you're not happy, you got to go because yeah. you're not going to work to your utmost potential, yeah. right? So then I did that. And then um, next thing you know, I got a call from... Uh, my old, um, my old MD at um, th- that that was at uh, Univision. He's like, yo, I kicked off a radio station at Sirius XM. Come work for me. So I was like, I bet. So I started. I went over there, and then I just started getting like random gigs. People calling me like, yo, can you do some voiceover work and this and this? And I was like, okay, cool. So I was just pulling checks from wherever, hustling, and um, <laughs> and then there was a little this one summer where Star calls me. Oh boy! And it was like from a secret, all secret number. And he's like, "I have an opportunity. I have a radio station that I'm buying, and I want you to be a part of it." So I'm like, "All right, well, I don't really have a gig, so I'm gonna go." And uh, what the fuck was the name of the radio station? It'll come to me. Uh, so it was like off the the, the FM dial. It was like the very first one that <laughs> most radios don't have. Like 87.7? Yes. It was, okay. That's exactly what it was. Pulse 87. 87.7. Wow, really? Yes. Pulse 87? Yes. He was, he was one I of the investors. I didn't know the inner workings of this. Yes. 
So I'm there. Everybody that was there was washed up dance music people. Okay. And I'm like super like hip hop like out and there. And I'm just like, hey, I'm just here. And um, so I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was the only Latina. And um, well, actually, no, there was another girl on there who was like an OG. She was like on KTU. I think her name was Jules. I think. Uh, whatever. Oh, anyway. Jules and tu radio. Yes. Yeah. She was on there. She was cool. We just, you know, just different type of chicks. Right. Yeah. But she was really, really cool. Okay. And I, it was so bootleg. I remember one time I was like, yeah, my check bounced. And they were like, I, and they would give no. me like a, my pay in a brown paper bag cash. I was like, I was like, Stop I, it. you know, Stop I was like, it. I, you okay. know, yes, it was the one of those. The same man who had the fucking fettuccine mushrooms. Mm. Well, not him. It came from other people because it was, it, he wasn't the only one that was like part of it it was it was a a collective yeah Mm. so so, yeah i I don't want to say too much because i okay okay i don't want to revisit those days (laughs) but it was an experience and sooner or later it was in the middle of like sheepshead bay somewhere so i'm in harlem taking the train my old stomping ground where i was born son i know it's deep i was like you know what train avenue yes yes places i've never been before i was like where am i so i was just like you know what i'm done so i eventually ended up quitting because i was like this shit ain't for me you know what i mean it ain't for me and then um I get another call, and they were like, hey. All these calls. A lot of calls, right? Thank God I was able to pay my fucking phone (laughs) bill. (laughs) And I don't even know how people would find me, which is good, because it's not like it was like, I think MySpace was popping at that time. Okay, we had Mi Gente, too. I never never did Mi Gente. You never did Mi Gente. I didn't. I didn't. I I cannot believe this. I didn't. And then I was in those AOL chat rooms, though. Okay, Uh, age sex loke. Yeah. (laughs) Loud-ass slamming doors and shit. (laughs) Oh, I guess I was, Laura left. So anyway, um, so I got a call. And they were like, "Yo, we want you." It's a new PD uh, that took over because um, La Calle had flipped, mm. and it was a brand new station, which is X now. That's what it's called, mm. X. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So we want to give you a show here. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this again. And, you know, they're like, "No, it's top forty Latin, right?" So it's like, it's like you know, J Lo, Shakira, Mark Anthony. So I think I could do that, even though it's still not my passion. But I could deal with rather than I, I love salsa, but merengue. But that's not my that's not my forte. It's not where I come from. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not an expert, and I feel like someone who truly loves and has a passion for that belongs to them. It doesn't belong to me. So um, I said okay. So I was doing min- seven at midnight. Mm. I took the gig. I did it for a while. I did it for maybe like five six months. I hated it. Oh, I just hated man. it. I hated being there when I left. So tell us how it got hot. How <laughs> has you went? Tell us about your foray, your foray back to Hot ninety seven. Okay, well, Where not back because I was never there. Remember that I had never been to Hot. It was just a oh. dream stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, they don't want me there. And I really was like, you know what? Angie's there. She don't want me there. And at this point, I'm, I, you know, I'm already popping in the city. You know, I got a got like a couple billboards. You know what I mean? A couple subway ads. Nice. You know what I mean? They, like they put they black markered your face they, a couple um, times. I had a, I had a black tooth. <laughs> oh like, my god. As long as nobody draw like a penis on my forehead, I'm I. You know what I mean? Are you okay with that? It's all right, cause that shit happens. I probably drew freckles on you back in the day, but I was tame. That's tame. That graffiti shit coming back to haunt your (laughs) ass. But I'm a good sport, so I was like, whatever. That shit's funny to me. And my girlfriends would always like take pictures next to it, like you know, showing it to me. I'm like, you're an asshole. So you know. I hope I make it there one day. I want to see my tooth colored in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope I... And so, whatchamacallit, so during this time, I'm always hustling, right? So I'm always like, I gotta figure something out. And I remember, um, 
So one of my best friends in the industry, and someone, not even the industry, just a, an incredible human being, is Cypher Sounds. Okay. So me being at La Calle, I had met Nina Sky. So they came on my show. I had a great interview. We, me and the, we hit it off, and we became friends. They're like, yo, you want to grab some food? So me and them were, were getting drunk at P.O.P. off Sangria, yeah. talking shit. They had a hit record, and me and me and and we just clicked. We were all the same age, you know what I mean? Kind of like, kind of in the spotlight more or less. So that that was like my girl gang at the time. So me, me and Nicole Natalie were like running a muck in New York City, like going out, like just being wild. Like, she, I got a gig in Miami. You want to go? Absolutely, I'm there. You know what I mean? So it was one of these things where it was it was a lot of fun, but also Cypher discovered Dina Sky. So he produced their records and stuff. And Cy- me and Cypher just clicked because Cypher's just funny. So Cypher would invite me. He's like, Laura, like, come on. He had a, a morning show on Sirius, on Sirius XM called the Cypher Sounds Effect. He's like, and Angela Yee was his co-host. So mm-hmm. when Angela couldn't make it, he would call me and be like, yo, come fill in. I was like, all right, cool. So we would go and I would have a ball with him. So he would always be like, yo, you need to be on, a, you need to do morning radio. And he's like, just because you're very structured, but you know. And I got his humor, too, because we're friends, you know what I mean? And I would just have so much fun, and I was just so happy to be there, you know? So, And then, um, like, so you know, fast forward, Saif ends up getting the morning show on Hot 97 with Rosenberg. Right. And uh, uh, and an- another girl <laughs> that I'm not even going to mention because she's a- an asshole to me <laughs> was on that show. And, um, you know, and everything was cool. And I was like, Yo, I- I'm going to try to go to go to, um, go to Hot and see if I can get a job, right? So Camilla, oh mind you, at the same time, because of La Calle, I was hustling on the streets doing clubs. Not dealing anything, just clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I was when I tell lot. you I was hosting like six yeah. six clubs a week, I had the illest drawers of cash. Wow. Like literally, like if I was a drug dealer, I would get a couple, you know, a couple stacks every night. So I would just keep my money, keep my cash, keep no. my cash. And, Under um, the mattress, right? Uh, <laughs> the Latino way. Yeah, not even. I had drawers. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, I was making money for the first time cash, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, now that I look back, I wish I would have like done something smarter with it. But invest, stock options, yeah, right, right, right. 401k. But uh, <laughs> but I will say, um, you know, because of that, enough was like, yo, how the fuck are you more booked than some of my DJs? And I was like. He was like, I want you to be part of my crew, heavy hitters. And I was like, what's in it for me? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, and it ended up being a really amazing like brotherhood. And it was only Beverly Bond that was the only girl on there. And Beverly Bond is, is, is incredible, you know, and I was like, all right, cool. So I came in and um, and El Boogs was part of it. And they, it, I just got a lot of love and they protected me. There was a lot of times as a woman doing clubs, a lot of these male promoters try to get stupid with me and try to like be, you know, inappropriate. So I had to make calls sometimes for my big homies to call them and and check a couple people, you know, which was beautiful because I felt like at least I had somebody to take care of me, you know. And um, again, shit women have to deal with, you know. But um, so he was like, so I I told him, I was like, I need to go back to hip hop radio. I'm I'm still working at Sirius. And I was like, it's cool, but I need to get back on it, do what I want to do. So he was like, what you want to do? I was like, I think I'm going to go to Power. They offered me a job there. They were like, come do weekends here, right? He said, why do you want to go to Power? You did that already. Mm. Like, why do you want to go there? Why don't you come to Hot? I'm like, they don't want me at Hot. There's no room for me at Hot. Nobody is leaving Hot. And he was like, just go meet Ebro. I mean, Ebro was a program director. So I was like, all right. And Ebro had gone to my parties. I had seen him at my parties, okay. you know? So I was like, okay, he see me. <laughs> you know? He know me. You know what I do? <laughs> so, um, 
So all the guys, oh my God, like enough came in to have a talk with Ebro. Camilo went in to have a talk with Ebro, how great I was. <laughs> Cypher went in there to have a talk with Ebro. So I had like a lot of people supporting me, which is, I, I can't tell you how, how happy it makes me, you know, how like blessed I feel. And then so when I finally met with Ebro, he was such a piece of shit. He was oh such goodness. an asshole. He was like, why should I hire you? There's no room here. Am I going to fire someone to make room for you? So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, my, my whole, like, dreams are, like, crushed. And he's like, well, I think I have a little something for you, like, you know, doing YouTube interviews. I'm like, YouTube? <laughs> what? I've been on the air before. I have experience. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you know, we launched this little digital thing so you could work in digital. I was like, fuck this, man. He's like, and I'm, I'm, I'm creating a position, a digital producer position here. So, um, so you want it or not? And I'm like, well, how much? <laughs> and it was bullshit. Oh my god, it was like a thousand dollars a month. Like wow. you know, like you know, I was like, oh, after taxes, what am I taking home? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna take it, and I'm gonna hustle on the side. You know, do whatever I gotta do, extra jobs to make it happen. So I, so I got in, and you know, I ended up filling in for anybody. I became cool with everybody. Pretty much was cool because they already kind of knew me. You know, especially like the the Latinos there were like, "Yeah, I know you from La Calle, right?" So I started doing all the fill-in shifts, and overnight shifts, weekends, whatever I got. I was like, "Yo, I'm here. Anything you need, just throw it over here." And and um, enough ended up bringing me in. And I, I would be there to wait for enough. And he was like, and he introduced me to Angie, Angie Martinez. And Angie is a very particular woman. You can't just walk up into her studio. You can't, like, there's no bullshit around her, you know, which I respect, right? And um, and I started coming in, and, and you know, I was re super respectful until one time she invited me, come in, come in. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be invited, you know? Yeah. So I go in, and, and I just started talking to her about just regular shit. And we ended up bonding, and then they offered the digital producer position, which was basically running social media. You know, Twitter was hot at the time, bubbling, just running social media, running her website. And honestly, I didn't know how to do any of that shit. I just figured it out. I was like, fuck it, let me figure this shit out. I'm not a digital producer, but I was like, whatever, I'll figure it out. So I, me and Angie ended up bonding to the point where it was like, I was the only one that wouldn't, that could tell Angie, I, I would tell Angie, like, I don't think that's a good idea. This is why. While everybody else was like walking on pins and needles scared, she would be like, I fuck with you because you're honest with me. Like I remember one time she was like tired because she, that woman works like, you know what I mean? And she had an interview coming in. I'm like, I think you should, I think you need a little, a little lipstick. <laughs> a little lipstick. <laughs> I got a little Ruby Woo. Okay. A bright lip. And I have some lashes. So, you know, just let me, let me hook you up a little bit. And she, she looked at me. And everyone thought I was going to get my ass, like, flamed. And she was like, thank you. Thank you for caring about what I look, and thank you. And she would just, she embraced me in, in, in the most beautiful way, gave me tough love, real love, real life lessons. And she, when she, anytime Angie would go to, like, L.A. to shoot, whatever, you know, the only people that would fill in for her were celebrities. So she would invite rappers to fill in, or Terrence J. at the time, he was doing 106 in Park. And then one day she was like, I'm out, hold it down. So I was like, all right, so who's coming in? She was like, you. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, what? She was like, yeah, don't act like you didn't do, haven't done this before. I'll see you when I get back. I Just like that. And I was like, <gasps> you know, freaking out. And she let me hold down her slots and moving forward. And it was it was hard because everybody was like, who the fuck is this bitch? And this and this. And, you know, fake ass Angie Martinez. I got it all. Damn. And I would be like, but I'm not trying to be. 
Martinez. I love her though, you know. But it was, you know, and I just just rocked. And then eventually, I ended up on. They do it. They did a remix on the morning show, and Saifa was like, "I want Laura to come in, give her a shot, right?" And people got fired. And I was at a crossroads in my life because I already had been at Hot for like a year. And honestly, I couldn't afford to work there anymore. I literally blew through my savings mm. because I just wanted to be there so bad. Like when I tell you I blew through my savings and I can't go to mommy and be like, hey, can you, ma, can you give me $1,000? Like it didn't work that way. And I remember going into, sitting and telling Angie I got to quit, like crying. I was like, I got to get it. I, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I'm not paying, I can't pay rent. It's my last month I can pay rent. I got to find another yeah. job. And she's like, fuck, looking at me like, what can, what can we do, you know? And to this day, I think she secretly spoke to somebody, but she never told me. But I remember walking into Ebro's office and being like, yo, I got to talk to you. And he's like, what, you leaving me for a little satellite radio show? And I'm like, <laughs> no, actually. And then I start crying. I'm like, I got to go. Damn. I was like, I can't afford to work here anymore. It's been my dream, but I literally can't afford to work here anymore. And I had gotten a call from 92.3 Now. And they had offered me afternoons. So imagine a salary, benefits, you know, and I'm just like, so do I work at a corny pop station I don't want to be at or do I stay in a place that I want to be at, you know? So I just remember, and Ebra was like, all right, don't quit yet. Give me two weeks. Can you give me two weeks? I'm like, well, I'm literally two weeks because after that I got to quit. Like I, I have to pay my rent. And he was like, give me two weeks. And then next thing you know, shit hit the fan and they gave me the morning show. So they gave me the morning show as a producer. They were like, you can produce, so I'm going to hire you as a producer, and then I'll move you up. So I I came in, and, and I became the producer, and I know Siphon Rosenberg very well, so I, I already know their humor and how they are, how they mesh and everything. And then I came in, and then they maybe like six months later, they offered me like a co-host position. And to this day, I produce and I co-host my show. And um, I have an executive producer because it's not easy being on the air and doing everything. I can imagine. So, you know, there's certain things that I take care of and there's things that he takes care of. But, and I've, we've been doing it for about seven years. Saifa left. There's been a lot of changes, but Ebro came. And, and honestly, guys, it's been the best time in radio I've ever had. The best time in radio. What a story. Yeah, you're like, you know? you're like the Rocky of radio. Like, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> Somebody get the film rights to this. Yeah, it's it, it's been the best time. And it, I'm very lucky because I we literally can talk about whatever we want. Like as long as we have passion and, and there's a reason behind it. I can honestly be like, yo, today I feel like this. And we've had moments where we've all cried on the air. There's There's moments where, you know, I've gotten pissed off and be like fuck you ebro and you know <laughs> i literally on the air and i was like oh god please fcc don't find me you know <laughs> and there's times where it's been just beautiful moments you know like we've lost family members mothers you know like we've had beautiful moments dark times great times you know triumphant times you know and it's been it's been really really special because i wake up at 4 45 in the morning to go to work and you go, you get in there and you're in a room just like this one and you speak to over a million people and you forget how many people are listening sometimes because we're just in the room talking shit. You know what I mean? And sometimes I've had people come up to me and just share really nice, you know, like moments or sometimes something I said that I forgot that I said. And some people sometimes get mad and, you know, whatever. You know, I've had it all, you know, but it's really amazing to like change mindsets and inspire yes and have people listen to you so intently yeah yeah and even when you yo we live like we have our bad days and we gotta go to work 
Mm-hmm. Like there's times like, you know, when Ebro's mom passed away, he took took a day or two off and came right back. Wow. You know, and when I've had like dark times in my in my life, my dad was very sick for a while. Like, yo, there was times where I was like in between breaks, like, all right, wiping my tears, like, let me get it together. And you got to perform. You just got to go, you know. And it's beautiful because you get to talk to Tri-State and, and people stream and I get people from all over. I was in, in a, I missed a part of my life where I went touring in Europe with Nina Sky. But when I was on tour in Europe, um, I, then I, I kept going back even when I was on the air. I was like, oh, I got a gig in the Netherlands. I'm, I'm, I'm a queen of going on trips for the weekend, okay? okay. I literally will be out. <laughs> so I remember leaving. I was in Belgium and people would come up to me like, yo, I listen to you. On, I stream the show online. Awesome. Like, You know what I mean? When people in, in like, I'm in Toronto and obviously now with YouTube and, and we've been very much in, in a lot of publications. <laughs> you know, like people recognize you and like they stop you and they talk to you. And, it, and it's a really beautiful thing that... There's people who like will come up to you and be like, "Yo, I'm a fan of your show," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's really cool. Like, I had a beautiful conversation uh, with Stephen Capel Jr. He did Creed too. Yes. And I was doing an interview with him for Nike, and I remember like, you know, everyone was like a private ex, whatever, a foo foo event. So I get there and I see him and they're like, yo, you want me to introduce him? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me go say what's up. And he looks at me and he's like, yo, I'm a fan of your show. I, You know, he's like, I'm a fan. I was like, oh shit. So me and him just started like building and talking shit and like, he's like, you remember when you guys discussed this and that and blah, 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 blah. So it, it's it's really beautiful because the difference, right? Like a being on a TV show or or, or being like a news anchor. Because for a while I figured like after I'm done with radio, I want to I want to be a news anchor. Awesome. I don't want to do that anymore. Oh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, you know, it's just, you know. No, I don't know what your progression is. And that's kind of where so, I want to wrap this yeah. interview is like, tell us about your future progression. Yes, yes, yes. So I remember just being like, that's not what I want to do. But like, uh, I, I started like, okay, so now that I've reached this level in my career, right? I'm very passionate about giving back to our communities, right? So everything that I do, and listen, I, I take the heat. Let me tell you something, because we're very open. Uh, we have very honest political discussions on my show. And those Latinos for Trump be coming for me, boy. Oh, yeah. They be coming yeah. for me because they don't like it when, you know, when I open up the mic and I talk about, listen, as Latinos, we are not all the same. And there's a lot of dark shit in our culture that we like to sweep under the rug and act like it doesn't exist, that it's not prevalent. And we're not going to sit here and talk about, like, everybody wants equal rights, everyone wants this, when you're just as at fault for a lot of this bullshit. Yeah. Right. And I, I opened up the mic one time and I was like, let me tell you something. I was like, one thing that we're not everyone wants to be like, yeah, fuck Trump. Right. But we also have to talk about there's a large majority of Latinos who got that man in office that are responsible because of religion. They're very anti-gay and they're very pro-life, anti-abortion. And that is above their religion is above everything, even if it means voting against themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Crazy. So it's, you know, we've had like really honest conversations and it, sometimes it gets scary, guys. I'm not going to front because I have people, you know, people know you, but you don't know them. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of crazy shit. People trying to come up to the station or in the street. Like, I don't take that the, should be in the news. I don't that, I don't that take building. Y- Yes. I don't take the train anymore because, yo, like I remember one time I was on the train and me, I'm very regular. So I'm just like. Of course I want to take the train. I want to get to fucking Midtown in 10 minutes. I don't want to be stuck in traffic. and I don't want to pay for a $30 Uber, right? And 
people will get so passionate about something that you said and then uh, like just get all, all up in your face and invade your personal space Ooh. and yeah. it, it, it could get aggressive fucking crazy you know yo laura styles thank you for sharing so much information with us about your life journey well now it's time for the que lo que I am a part owner of a festival called Envision Fest. Okay, it's E N V S N. Envision Fest is uh, me and my partner Sharifa Murdoch dived into it last year, and I I spearhead all like the music programming for it. So uh, I get booked to do a bunch of panels. They panel they panel me to death, girl. They panel me to death. <laughs> I mean, oh, panel panel panel. I'm like great. If you got good things to say, they're gonna keep asking it's, you to panel. It's just I can't. <laughs> so no, but but what you call it? So I've noticed that every time I was at the first complex gone, the first this, I was like, where are, where are all the women? There's no women, and the women that there are, they were just talking about bullshit. Like I don't care how to be an, an Instagram thought. Like that shouldn't be what's being. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you gotta take certain wow. angles. Yes, Interesting. Not in panel you know what I mean not necessarily it wasn't labeled that but basically that's what it was <laughs> you know and I go to all these events and it's like okay for 200 for a $200 ticket you can learn how to you know like bake your face you know so I work with uh, I, I work with uh, inner city youth uh, the beacon programs of New York City right DYCD and it's all the after school programs so I spend time with a lot of kids right and I work for a couple of organizations I want to plug before I get out of here so sure. I understand what these kids are consuming, where their mindsets are at, right? They're glued to their phone. They only want to, they want to be like me because they take pictures with Meek Mill, right? So, and I was like, what are we teaching our kids? What are we giving our kids? And my kids can't afford a $200 ticket. They can't do that. Their parents are working check to check, right? So Sharifa, Sharifa Murdoch, she comes from the fashion world and she was able to get funding to give us our first Envision Fest. And we decided to create something by women for women. And I come from a very male-dominated industry. And my whole life, like, everything is male-dominated. So I was like, all right, well, what are, what are we doing for our girls? And I also work for the Lower East Side Girls Club a lot. I do a lot of, all like, right. special, like, little, like, uh, I bring in guests. I do, I teach little, like, uh, radio, like, mock radio sessions. Yeah. It's really cool. And they're, so they're amazing, amazing young girls over there. And um, so what, what, what kind of education are we offering? Because to me, it's not about ability. It's about access, right? And... So Envision Fest came about, and basically what it is, it was, we did it last year in October. We took over Industry City in Brooklyn, and we took over two buildings in a courtyard, one building, because my partner comes from a trade show background, and we got to pay the bills. We had, like, pop-up shops, like, from Kappa, from, uh, you know, Urban Ears, Hudson Jeans, like, you know, local brands, too, and local entrepreneurs. We did a fashion floor where you can purchase, cool. and we did uh, beauty and wellness, everything from, like, little, like, uh, manicure pods to, like, local restaurants to do vegan food and little yo silent yoga like it was really cool and then on the other side we had all we had uh an incredible um day of panels but the panels were very specific because we're targeting young people and a lot of times people just like to hear themselves talk so i wanted people who can actually speak to these kids and it's that very interesting age of being like 18 19 getting out of high school going into college trying to figure out what do i want to do with my life and I feel like a lot of these people don't understand that there's so many career opportunities, right? In PR, in marketing, and you know what I mean? So I, and I always yeah. push, push it because, like, my boyfriend Ricardo, him and his brothers, the Rodriguez brothers, are kids from the Bronx who took a passion Dominican for... Dominican kids. Dominican kids. Okay. 
who took a passion for <laughs> yeah. oh. for sneakers Not though. and turned it into career. Now that one of them works for, you know, at Adidas, the other one works Spearheads Concepts, the other, you know what I mean? It's like they all do marketing. They created a really amazing career out of their passion. So I'm always like saying, I'm like, you're going to speak on this? Yeah, you're coming to this high school. I'm always like pushing them around to be like, you guys are doing this this week, you know? But it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important for our kids to see themselves. They have People to. that look like us. You yeah. know what I mean? Like to see what we're doing, to be like, I can do that just like I did when I was a kid. I was like, I could do that. I love that. So uh, the panels come from cover everything from beauty, but when it comes to beauty, the business of beauty. How, you can be a chemist. You can be in marketing. You can be in PR. You know what I mean? Everything that surrounds the, the business of beauty. I curate a media panel. My media panel was, it's very multicultural. So I had um, Gia Peppers, who's an up-and-coming host. She's on BET. She's just an incredible black woman who just fucking is... I'm just such a fan of her work. She's just amazing. I've seen her blossom from an intern. Then I had Alexa, which is Rosenberg's wife. She, you know, she works for um, uh, Major League Baseball. Oh. She's a woman in sports, and she's incredible. Awesome. Like Like, that bitch could rip it down, break it down. Everything that you need, she got it. Then I got Carly Hustle, who is one of my dear, dear friends, and she is, like, an executive at Apple. Yeah. And then I got Nadeska, who's my homegirl, too, who she's at Complex and at Beats One. And I got Honey German. Which I, who was at Power 105, but I actually know Honey since like, since I was like, I was helping, trying to get a job for her when I was at La Calle. Mm -hmm. Her story is special because it took her a longer time to get on, but she made it happen. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for kids to like see that. So then, and I curated a music stage, I curated a concert, I sponsored 300 girls from after school programs from. um, Where do you have all this time? I don't really. Yes, it's a lot. And you got to wake up at like four in the morning. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And not only that, I have auditions and I do campaigns and I I still fucking. Yes. You got to listen. I still hustle like I just got on. You're passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, you know, and your time is limited here. So it's like this is a it's a time where it's like if you're not if you're if you don't keep listen, getting hot is not the problem. People think that just because they get hot one time, like, oh, I'm hot right now that they made it. Honey. Staying hot is the hardest part. Mm. Mm. People always say, like, you know how many artists I've seen come in with one hot single that's incredible and then you hear nothing else? Damn. And or who got one big break. You know, someone who got, people that I've seen got one big break doing something and then next thing you know, they don't have a follow-up. So staying hot, longevity is key in anything that you do. And it's very important that you really remember that and you really apply that to your everyday life, you know? And wow. uh, But yeah, and Vision Fest is coming back this year, October. Uh, it's, it's September this year, September 14th and 15th. And it's Envision Fest, E-N-V-S-N-F-E-S-T. You can find it on Instagram. If you follow me, at Laura Styles, what is the, I'll be promoting it and tagging it so you'll see because um, I share a little bit of the behind the scenes on like my IG stories because I work with an incredible group of young, sharp, passionate women. And which I'm fans of because they teach me so much in, 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 in exchange. You know what I mean? We just like literally I left the office today, went home, took an hour and up to come see y'all today. So and, thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Laura. Yo, shout out to the Hill Bistro. All right. It's a restaurant, 3541 Riverdale Avenue, the Bronx. Nice. Shout out to Rudy. He hooked mm-hmm. us up with some coconut mimosas. I think he Ooh. called them cocomosas. Ooh. Um, and he's where were we? You you were getting free drinks. I went away for team with my parents, so it was okay. like a parent thing. You know That's what I'm saying? Cute. And they all had mimosas, and so we all had a good time. Shout out to Rudy. I feel like Frank. Shout out to Rudy. <laughs> shout out to the Hill Bistro. <laughs> but it's a really cool place. We went for brunch, but I want to go for dinner and uh, very delicious food. And also uh, my my uh, Instagram, Jay Ferns. Okay, uh, my turn. First off, I want to give a big special shout out to Danny Hastings. 
uh, celebrating his big 50th. Happy birthday, um, boo-boo. I can't wait to watch the streaming of his roasting because he's doing a roasting tonight, but obviously um, we can't make it. But um, happy 50 to him. And then a big, huge shout-out to Vita on Stars. They got renewed for third season. Excellent. Uh, so shout outs to them. And then also, we got a shout out. Uh, Jamie, the podcast app that you use yeah. is featuring us as one of the Latino podcasts, um, Pocket uh, Pocket Casts. That's awesome because I've the- been using Pocket Casts for a long time. Wow. That's all That's my podcasts. So, Thank you, Pocket Cast. Yeah, so the producer of Latino you to Latino. Pocket Cast. <laughs> I thought of that in my head. Now they're going to take us out. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> So the producer of Latina to Latina podcast and Cafe con Pam, they shot us out. And there's an article about Latinos and everything. And then my uh, handles is Juan Bago everywhere. Rachel. Okay, so massive shout out to Hierro.com, the lifestyle news platform for Latino men. So Latinx is a thing, right? But not everyone agrees. One writer explains why he can't get down with the X. So visit Hierro.com for the full story. If you guys haven't purchased your tickets yet, there are still some available. Please come to Comedy Derailed, an all-female, produced, directed, written, and acted out show on June 27th here in New York City at the Triad Theater. Go to ComedyDerailed.Eventbrite.com for more information or simply follow me at Rachel La Loca because I will be pumping out info from now to then. Hope to see you there. To all of the people leaving reviews, we have a really special one that we're going to read next week. Um, but please keep sending them to us. We read them. We love them. We cry. Well, I cry. Do you guys cry? Yeah, of course. You cry? Yeah. Serious? Yeah, during sporting events. Yeah. I mean, during... We're Knicks and Mets fans. We always cry. Yeah, I cry all the time. Oh, all right. I guess I'm the only one. I cry. I, some of them are really beautiful, but I cry in a good way. So thanks to Laura Stiles, our guest today, to a wonderful show, to everybody here behind the scenes. We're doing a fantastic job. Everybody. Everyone. Everybody. Everyone. I said everyone. Everybody and everyone. You know what I meant. On that note, we out. Oye, mijo, que show es ese que están escuchando? Tremenda vaina. Hola amigos y bienvenidos a Tremenda Vaina, el show donde escuchas cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro, solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? Nos puedes encontrar en tu plataforma favorita. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Suscríbete hoy. Y esto es Tremenda Vaina. Tremenda Vaina. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.